listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos is Ryan Schweitzer and Craig Boschman. It's the Broncos This Week podcast, brought to you by Original 16. Ryan Schweitzer along with Craig Boschman. And, uh, wow, that was uh, that was quite the game last night. I'm, I'm kind of curious to know what your post-game coaches show was uh, was like after a, a 3-0 win where the team was outshot 47-14. to 14. Um, I imagine there was lots of talk about just putting the two points in Pulse's stall after last night, eh? Yeah, there's, I mean, a win's a win at the end of the day, and that's kind of really all that matters. But I think the, you know, the underlying message from uh, Broncos assistant coach Matt Keeler was that, you know, you'll take the win, obviously, but you can't play like that in the long run. Um, if you're relying on your goaltender to steal you points like that, you're not going to win a lot of games. So thankfully for the Broncos, Poulter was at the very top of his game last night and literally did steal two points away from the Brandon Weekings after a great start. Broncos were kind of on their heels the final 40 minutes, and uh, thankfully Poults was uh, able to show up and uh, steal two points. Yeah, and it's been a good week. We're we're two and one since our last podcast recording. Home and home with Moose Jaw, where I thought you know through through six periods our team played well for five of them. Yeah, I mean getting that two one overtime win on home ice was great after two tough games uh, in Manitoba, and then going into Moose Jaw. I mean it was two two after one and three two after two, but. You can hardly blame the guys for for running out of gas. Like you know, four games in five nights. Um, the first one of which was a a crazy one with five fights in Brandon. You know, you got to travel back eight hours, play overtime against Moose on Friday, and then go into Moose on Saturday. So. You know, credit to the guys for fighting through 40 minutes and keeping it close. But uh, like I said, I think you can hardly blame them for for running out of gas there in the third period. Devin Pratt will join us momentarily for the coaches segment of the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Feature guest this week, uh, a guy who was, uh, and and we've talked about it, who's flew under the radar at the beginning of the season, but uh, the league and central scouting are certainly aware of Josh Philman now. Yeah, he's having an excellent year, 17 points now in 23 games and a guy who had two points in 17 games last year. Year. So it's, and that's what you want to see. I mean, that's what junior hockey is all about, right? Guys get their feet wet at 16 or sometimes 17 and kind of realize what it takes to play in the WHL. They see the adjustment, they put the work in, and then they come back the following year and have a lot more success. And that's exactly what Josh has done. Uh, earning everything he's getting, all the recognition, all the chatter, all the draft talk, uh, he's earned it. And uh, he's a, a humble guy. You know, he says he doesn't think about it, but I think everybody at his age thinks about it when your name is getting mentioned in NHL draft circles. So it's awesome to see him play so well. Another great pick from that 2019 draft for the Broncos, 67th overall. And uh, he's just turned into a, you know, a bona fide top-line player. Yep, Josh Philman will join us just a little bit on the uh, Broncos This Week podcast. Uh, next week is going to be a big one for the future of this organization. The WHL prospect draft is happening as well as the U.S. draft. I want to talk to you about that in just a bit here. But uh, we got to plug the Teddy Bear Toss game. The next home game is going to be Friday, December 10th. And uh, that is the fabled Teddy Bear Toss game where people can, can bring a stuffed toy. And uh, when the Broncos score, let them fly. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. It's obviously, these guys, uh, you know, a lot of these guys haven't played in the game like that before, right? Yeah. So I don't know if they do that at the the U15 or U18 level, but uh, for these guys to get a chance to play in back-to-back teddy bear toss games because the Broncos are going to be in Moose Jaw for their teddy bear toss game the very next night. But yeah, it's going to be an exciting one. Uh, there's always some bragging rights on the line for whoever gets the teddy bear toss goal. Sergey Alkamov got the last one for the Broncos oh, back wow. in 2019. So it's uh, it's been a long time coming. I think the guys are excited and uh, you can bet that they're going to be clamoring to try and get that goal. Yeah, and uh, that'll be a fun one. So 
next Friday, December 10th, Broncos are at home. That'll be the Teddy Bear Toss game. Uh, we touched on it just a second ago, but uh, next week, a huge week in the future of this franchise. There's the uh, WHL-US draft, which is happening. And then they, I mean, they used to call it the Bantam draft before they changed the names of age groups and whatnot. So the WHL prospect draft, uh, normally something that happens in the off season, moved to December, of course, because of pandemics and such. But uh, this is a very, very key draft, the prospect draft for the future of this organization. Yeah, this one's huge. With the picks that Swift Current has, um, sixth and seventh overall in the first round, the sixth round or sixth overall pick is the Broncos' own pick, which unfortunately dropped from third to sixth in the lottery setup that was this year. But then the seventh overall pick is Portland's that was acquired in that Joel Hofer trade a decade ago. And that <laughs> pick jumped all the way from 14th to seventh overall from the lottery, the same lottery. So uh, Broncos getting back-to-back picks in the top seven. And then when you even go into the second round and third round, they pick 25th, which is their own uh, second round pick. 45th overall, which is a compensation pick for 2019 first-rounder Tyson Jugnoth not signing, and then 48th overall with their own third-round pick. So five picks in the top 50 for this team in the uh, draft next Thursday. It's an important one. I remember even the players were were locked in back in the summer. Matthew Ward texted me the day of the draft asking where he could watch the watch the lottery yeah. and see where we were going to pick. Um, you know, other guys saying, hey, we need these, we need some good players here. You know, these are the guys who are going to, you know, be our sort of secondary guys when, when we are in our 19 and 20-year-old seasons. We need them to be big players. So the guys are locked in. They're excited to see who, who joins the organization here. And I'm, I'm super excited too. I love the draft in every, every sport, every league. I love watching the draft and seeing who goes where. And years down the line, you see who, who elevates their game and who doesn't quite make the impact they were expected to. So it's an exciting day coming up. It's going to be a busy one, but uh, really, really looking forward to Thursday. What are you hearing about the caliber of player in this year's draft class? Well, the consensus first overall picks a kid out of Saskatoon. Uh, Berkeley Catton is the kid's name. He was actually playing down in Minnesota, Shattuck St. Mary's School, uh, for the first half of the year. But I just saw the other day on Twitter that he's back with the uh, Saskatoon contacts now. So they're actually going to be here, I think, mid-January to play the Legionnaires. So I might have to pop in that Sunday mm-hmm. and uh, see what he's all about. But certainly some high-end talent. I mean, some other guys to mention, you know, Jordan Gavin out of BC, Miguel Marquez, Charlie Ellick, a defenseman out of uh, Alberta, Roger McQueen from Saskatoon, uh, Clark Caswell over in Manitoba. There's a, a twins by the name or the last name Vaughn out of uh, out of Kelowna, I think. Jet or jo- Jet Wu's younger brother Jonas Wu is a player who's looked at a first round pick out of Manitoba. So some great players to be had here, and especially at six seven overall, you know, you wonder what the Broncos management staff is kind of scheming, game planning, so to speak. Whether they want you know one forward, one defenseman, whether they want two forwards, two defensemen, like you wonder what the uh, the the um, you know draft's going to shake out as, and obviously it depends on who goes in the top five and who's available at six seven. But it's going to be an exciting day. Uh, the Broncos have done an excellent job drafting in 2019 and 2020, so really looking forward to seeing who joins the team on uh, next Thursday. It'll be interesting to look back on this podcast and see if one of the names you just <laughs> mentioned you know, will end up being an impact player in this franchise. Very, very exciting times with those uh, two first-round picks still reaping the benefits of the Joel Hofer trade. <laughs> what crazy. A, that's unreal. Uh, and the, you, you mentioned as well the U.S. draft happening next week. Uh, you know, for, you're someone, you're in conversation with the hockey ops staff often you know what's the the scuttlebutt around that i don't know too much about the u.s job to be honest with you it's 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 a great initiative by the western league to try and get more u.s talent into the league obviously it's it's unfortunate with um you know with border restrictions and whatnot that the 
Broncos two picks from the 2020 U.S. draft weren't able to come uh, for training camp. Defenseman Austin Moline and goaltender Owen Crudale. So, uh, you know, it, it should be, I mean, it's always exciting to get new new names and new faces into the organization. And you start to kind of follow them and how they're doing down uh, down with their team. So I don't know. any. I, the only name I know for the U.S. draft is the kid who's probably going to go first is uh, Macklin Celebrini, who I think is actually Canadian. He was born in Canada, but has been playing in the States for the last four or five years. So there was talk as to whether he was going to be eligible for the prospects draft or the U.S. draft. And I think a couple months ago they said because he's been playing in the States for three or four or five years now, he is a U.S. draft kid. So Seattle's got the first pick, and they traded for the former first overall pick from last year's U.S. draft from Red Deer. So uh, I would assume they're going to take that Macklin Celebrini kid, who I think is also playing at Shattuck St. Mary's in Minnesota. So he's really the only name that I know for the U.S. draft for this year. Well, big uh, big week next week with the WHL Prospects draft happening. And as you talked about, Swift Current with five picks in the top 50. All right, this is the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Feature guest Josh Philman coming up uh, later on, but in the much more immediate future. We'll sit down and chat with interim head coach Devin Pratt right after this. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the coaches segment of the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Interim head coach Devin Pratt joins us. Top of the morning, Dev. Uh, well, last night's game, uh, you know, that's the great thing about hockey. No two games are alike. And, uh, well, what were the what were the takeaways from a 3 nothing win? Yeah, you know what? I thought we started the game well. Um, I thought Isaac was solid early, and obviously uh, he sustained that performance throughout the night. Uh, I thought we needed to manage pucks a little bit better in the first period as well. And, you know, we ended up, you know, we were a little opportunistic. We finished our chances early, and we kind of gained that separation. So for the group, um, you know, the second and third period, periods we got away from things and and you know the message to them was it's not a light switch you can't turn it on turn it off and expect to turn it back on especially at this level and I think we just kind of got caught you know sitting on it a little bit too much uh, and cheating for offense at times and getting a little loose in our play so the great thing is we've learned some tough lessons this year giving up late leads um, you know losing games we felt we've deserved to win so it's flipping to the other side of that we get an opportunity here to learn a lesson but off of a positive. We still found a way. Good teams find ways to win, um, and your best players got to be your best players, and last night Isaac Falter was just that. In the uh, post-game interview with Matt Keeler, he said it was kind of the first time this year where the locker room's been kind of quiet after a win just because the guys know that, you know, Poulter stole that game for them. So, again, you hope that they see that the quick start helps out, but if they play like that in the long run, you're probably not going to win too many games. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that's pretty obvious to them too. Um we felt there was a couple opportunities, you know, from uh, Davies' breakaway in the second period, Pickering hitting the crossbar after the Bernie opportunity, um, you know, where we maybe got a little bit more separation and things would have been a little bit easier for us. But, like, three goals are still within striking distance. They pushed. I mean, they shot pucks from everywhere. Uh, they looked to create traffic and rebounds. And we felt we kind of limited their quality opportunities against. But that being said, I mean... You know, we want to be better structurally. We don't want to have these lulls in our game. And, you know, we've been torched by other teams when we do. And then all of a sudden you're chasing the game the rest of the night and you got to find it. So, like I say, it's not a light switch. Uh, we got to expect guys to be on for 60 minutes. We're all going to make mistakes. we got to reset, prime, flush it, and be ready to go. So, uh, last night it just seemed they started to build up a bit on us. You know, Devin, it's uh, it's a fun time to be a Bronco fan again. Since our last podcast recording, the team's 2-1, and one, which I don't think is 
happened in the history of this podcast. So, you know, there's plenty of positives with this organization. Uh, I, I know that as a coaching staff, you guys are looking forward, but let's backtrack to that home and home with Moose Jaw and what were, uh, what were some of the takeaways from, uh, from two competitive games against the Warriors? Yeah, you know what? I thought the Friday night's game was a solid game, entertaining hockey. Uh, had a little bit of everything in it. Um, for us, I thought we did a good job, again, of limiting the quality of their opportunities, keeping them to the outside. And, you know, that was one of those games where we had a bad bounce. I mean, it went off a skate and then it got deflected while it was in the air and it ends up in the back of our net. And next thing you know, you're kind of going like, whoa, 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 it's 1-1, right? Um, so for our guys just to be able to stay the course um, and get things done in overtime, I think, you know, our challenge to them was that we took care of the business of the home and home on our side of it and the challenge is to go into their rink. So uh, we got in there. You know, we got on the penalty kill early. We had a couple nice body checks. Uh, one of them would have been, a, the first one was a call. I mean, it was a board in the corner. And uh, the second one we thought was, you know, a borderline. They called an interference on a check when a guy had just moved the puck. And, uh, you know, they scored on the, the ensuing power play. And from there, you know, we just kind of chased that one goal game. Got it to 1-1, down 2-1, to 2-2, down 3-2. And, you know, four games in five days, we thought, okay, it's in striking distance going into the third here. And it just team that we just kind of ran out of gas we got the one two-on-one opportunity early and outside of that we didn't really create a whole lot and then when they got their fourth you know uh, things kind of loosened up again on us uh, which was a little disappointing with our group but you know younger guys were looking to manage what's, what's it like to play a four and five how can I sustain mm -hmm. my energy how can I find it that I'm you know just as uh, valuable or as impactful here on the fourth game as I was on my first and my first shift you know five nights earlier or so that's a lesson for our guys to take from that. I mean, we've, we've been on a nice little stretch of competitive hockey here. Um, so, you know, we want to take and build off the positives of that weekend and learn from uh, what we need to. And again, last night and then, you know, go into Regina and let's have a nice solid road effort. Owen Pickering scored both goal or both games against Musha last weekend and showed off his nice skating against uh, Brandon on the power play last night. The confidence of this kid just seems to keep growing and growing, and uh, he's trying new things every single night, it seems. Yeah, I mean, he's, he has a, a strong skill set, and his mobility is excellent, I mean, for his size. And, um, you know, he uh, he puts in the work. Uh, and I think that's the, the one thing with the, the guys in our dressing room is, you know, they, they love the game, they study the game, um, you know, they work on things when we give them free time on the ice. They're, you know, everyone likes to have the puck on their stick, but there's guys working on their stride length. There's guys picking different parts of their game apart that they need to address. And Owen's one of those guys, he doesn't waste any minutes out there. Uh, he gets any opportunity, he's going to work on something that he wants to influence in the game. And uh, we thought that he had all kinds of, you know, scoring opportunities or he made really nice plays early in the year and he just wasn't kind of getting rewarded for them. So this last little stretch, it's nice to see him kind of you know see those through um, you know get some goals here get some assists going and just kind of continue to feed the confidence uh, that he has I mean he gets it honest he works hard for it you know another kid I want to ask you about is uh, Josh Philman. he's someone who played in the hub last year started this year I, I would say that he was underrated and flew under the radar but uh, he certainly has worked hard and put himself on the radar recently for sure um, Philly's been excellent and uh, you know throughout training camp he scored a ton um, so it's no real surprise to us the offensive side I think he's managing the puck better he's making better decisions in all three zones he's getting away from you know attacking one-on-one -on -one very often and he's starting to just kind of gain zones 
you know, recognizing that the forecheck is a part of our offense and can create offense for us. And uh, he has the skill set in tight. I mean, when he gets pucks in tight spots, he gets the shots off. Uh, he's making looks to back doors. And I mean, again, you know, last night's third period of three on one, and he had a great little subtle fake shot over to Pickering, and they tried to hit him back, and it just didn't connect. But um, yeah, it was nice to see him get rewarded early. And I thought he he deviated a little bit from his game plan and his identity of what we think makes him successful last night in the second period. And he worked to get back to it uh, from there. But again, you know, a young guy has a goal and assist in the first period. And the challenge to him is like your best shifts yet to come. Like you still got to stay hungry. You still got to go out and get after the game here. We touched on this pregame yesterday, but uh, there's always tough decisions to be made over the course of a hockey season. And uh, one of those came the other day with the uh, release of 20-year-old defenseman Ryland Thiessen. Yeah, very difficult day uh, here with the boys. And with Ryland, I mean, uh, the utmost respect for that young man, um, quality individual, high character and a leader in our dressing room. He's done a lot to establish the uh, culture and environment that we currently have in there. And, um, you know, any time that uh, a guy walks out of the dressing room, it's a high-quality kid like that. It's uh, it's never easy. So um, we're proud of what he's done here and what he's contributed. Uh, he's a part of, uh, you know, our fabric and our story of this season. And uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, 20-year-old positions are... You know, few and far between, and you got to make an impact every night. And uh, we had to make a hockey decision with uh, Ryland, and we wish him all the best moving forward. I can't say enough about the quality of person that he is. Is the impetus behind that move? I mean, this is a young organization that's building to the future, so getting young guys in the lineup and getting them more ice time? Yeah, to a degree, for sure. Um, you know, we felt uh, Weagle getting back in the lineup and, and eating quality minutes, and then Sandra Kang's game has continued to progress for us here. So uh, I thought he was impressive again last night, and it's just, you know, giving those guys opportunities to continue to grow. Um, and they've been effective, and they've done their job um, that they've been asked to do, and they've shown that they can take those minutes on. So, you know, it's uh, you're always looking for opportunities to improve your team, and uh, currently we have kind of an opening in that 20-year-old position and I don't think we're in any rush and maybe something happens today maybe it happens in a month who knows but uh, we have an opportunity you know whether it be up front or on the back end to add someone in uh, that 20-year-old position one game this weekend and I guess after such a busy week last week it's great to only have one game this weekend as the team will be off on the Friday aside from practice and then heading into Regina on Saturday yeah we've had a busy stretch here uh, lots of hockey of late so uh, I think it's kind of refreshing for us uh, to you know Know, just have the one game on the weekend which will be good and you know we want to uh, we want to play better on the road there's no doubt about it um, you know we've been in a lot of games we've had our uh, our two overtime losses and our shootout loss comes on the road um, but it's time for us you know just to put in as I say that quality 60 minutes uh, no lapses in our game and take pride in the small details you know the fine tooth comb and uh, just be prepared to embrace the grind of what this league is you know, it's 60 minutes, and if you have any letdowns, you're you're often going to be chasing uh, the, a lead from the other team. Interim head coach Devin Pratt joining us on the Broncos This Week podcast coaches segment. Devin, thanks for doing this, man. Thank you very much. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16. The official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. It's the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Our feature guest this week is uh, 17-year-old forward Josh Philman, who recently has been... You've been putting up some points lately. Uh, it looks like you're, you're playing with some more confidence out there, man. 
Yeah, uh, it's been a big, big part of my game that I worked on this summer, just um, getting comfortable with the physicality and with top-end players. So my confidence and then, um, you know, just getting more comfortable with my line mates, uh, playing more and more. So I think it really helps. Let's talk about those line mates. Uh, you, Matt Ward, and Rafael Pelche have been together for, I think, 10 or games or so now. So, I mean, what is it about the three of you guys that you think uh, seems to work so well together? Uh, I think we all do a good job working to support each other and, uh, you know, create chances for each other, not being not, – no selfishness there. Um, you know, Wardo's a pretty elite talent, as you guys can see. Um, he's had a pretty ridiculous start to his Western League career. And, you know, it's uh, – it's been nice having somebody my age that you can connect with on a personal level just to build that uh, build that chemistry. I'm just going to deviate from the hockey talk just for a sec here because the last time we had you on the podcast, it was in the hub, it was a Zoom meeting and everything, and you were sporting a five-star mullet. And I see that that didn't survive till today. Uh, what was the impetus behind the choice to go with a more traditional hairstyle? Oh, I think uh, I tried it out in the bubble for the first time, and there's definitely something you need to maintain, and I uh, didn't have the <laughs> opportunity for that, so it kind of got out of hand real quick. How many times a day were guys giving it to you about the moment? Uh, at least once. At least once. <laughs> well, hey, what, what you're rocking now, like I said, much more contemporary, looks good. And, you know, we uh, we talked with Devin Perrott, and you were a guy to, to start the year. Um, you flew under the radar, and I think a lot of people would call you one of the more underrated guys on the team, guys who knew what your game was all about. But, you know, more recently, you've really worked hard to put yourself on the radar. You know, what? Uh, what what's clicked for you? You talked about your line mates, but, uh, you know, was there a light bulb moment where things just started happening? Or how, how's it been for you? Uh, I wouldn't say a light bulb moment. Um, you know, I just say the biggest thing that you mentioned earlier is confidence, and that's uh, being able to make plays and not just panic and give up the puck right away. It's... You know, it's important to have guys that, you know, try and do more. And um, I just think that right now in my and so far in my Western League career, I'm the most comfortable I have been with the puck. So that's the biggest thing for me. I can just, uh, you know, allow the, my my skill to take over and allow my mind to think about making plays and stuff like that instead of worrying about, you know, handling the puck and stuff. That's just it's all coming natural right now. I know the hub experience was about as unique as could be. Um, you know, kind of tell us about it from your perspective. I know the, all the young guys were kind of in the one wing together, so a chance to really hang out basically every single day and kind of get to know each other. A lot of Uno games going on, I understand. Uh, what was life like down in the rookie end of the uh, the dorms? Yeah, uh, we, we all got really close and... You know, we all got more comfortable with each other, um, which was which was big in the in the learning stage of a really young group. Um, I'd say that it was you're right. It was really unique in the sense that played a lot of games in a short amount of time. Um, but you know, I think we were all really grateful just to get a season in, you know, period. And uh, you know, it was a it was a big step for our younger guys to get a taste of the league. To, to start off this year, you found yourself on the NHL Central Scouting Rankings. Uh, I don't know if that was a goal of yours going in or was it a goal coming into this year, but uh, that must have been a great day when you found that out, eh? Yeah, it was pretty exciting. Um, it, you know, I hadn't really thought about it too much. I was trying not to overcomplicate things in my mind. Um, you know, the reality is, like, the, your play is, is going to take you places, and there's no to me you know there's no point in thinking about oh i should have been on this i should have been on that it's you know you play your best and you let the work show it with, with regards to that shortened season in the hub i'm wondering how much that helped you get ready for this year i mean i can imagine if you hadn't played last year coming in as a full rookie this season how much do you think the 17 games you got into really helped you get ready for a full season i think it helped a lot honestly you know i didn't have tons of success and 
you know, I wasn't really overly worried about that. I was more just worried about getting my feet wet and, you know, feeling like I belonged out there. Um, so that, that was the biggest piece for me, I'd say. How's the season gone for you? Like the, the rigors of the Western Hockey League schedule, four and five last week, you know, things of that nature. How are you holding up with, uh, with the demands of a Western League schedule? Coupling that, of course, with, with schooling and everything too. Yeah, it's a lot for sure. Um, you know, I was, I was talking to my dad the other day and just take back or step back, sorry, and think about this will be at least double the games I've ever played in my life. So, you know, it's a lot. Um, you know, some long road trips can be tricky, but it's part of the game. And, you know, that's that's what the pros do. So you got to learn how to do it at some point. Speaking of your dad, I met him after the game and Brandon had a brief conversation with him. And for you to go back to Manitoba, play some games, see some family, uh, I would imagine when the schedule came out, you were kind of circling those road trips over to uh, Manitoba. Yeah, they're exciting. Um, I can tell you, it really feels weird playing in Winnipeg and staying <laughs> in the hotel. Um, <laughs> but, you know, those are those are always fun to play in front of your family and friends and just it sort of does feel like you're back on home turf so those are exciting games well especially for this team because i mean there's a lot of manitoba connections on this squad right now is there like a a faction within the dressing room or like a (laughs) nickname like the manitoba mafia or anything like that (laughs) no there's no nicknames or anything um a lot of guys you know just talk around the dressing like there's a lot of connections through anybody through manitoba you know minor hockey that sort of thing so a lot of a lot of talk in the dressing room does relate back to the Manitoba boys, so it is kind of cool sharing sharing that connection with everybody. And you're sharing the NHL Central scouting experience with four other of your teammates. The only team in the Western Hockey League to have five guys on that list. We talk on this podcast how it's an exciting time to be a Broncos fan, and it must be an exciting time to be a player in that locker room as well. Yeah, you can see a lot of change. Um, you can you can see a lot of things developing, you know, um, and it really is exciting. When, you know, like I, I was looking at our little uh, team breakdown the other day, and it's a ridiculous number of 04s compared to everything else. So I can just, you know, I can see this grow, group growing together um, over the next year and then years to come and i'm really excited yeah yeah like you mentioned a very exciting time to be a bronco fan and you know i i want to talk about uh, a guy last night who stole the show you know uh playing in front of a guy like isaac polter you know to to talk about his efforts recently and and last night too because because man what an outing he had oh he's phenomenal um you know I, i don't mean to sound biased but i really do believe he's the best goal in the league um that guy some of the saves he makes are just crazy and it's it's not you know you see goalies that you know can make the flashy stuff and then they'll let in a squeaker and it's like he's he's dialing all the time um that guy's gotten himself to be such a mental warrior and you know he's he's put in the work to to become the great player he is today and I'm I'm really happy because you know I get to play in front of a goalie that gives us a chance night in night out. Uh, he's incredible, and that's what the fans can see as well on the ice. But off the ice, I think if goalies could wear a letter, he'd probably have the C on his jersey because I think he's kind of one of those leaders in the locker room. Can you tell us about what he does uh, inside the room, especially for the younger guys? I completely agree. Um, I'm a big believer in you know the fact that you go out there and you earn your respect, and he's done nothing but that. So everybody seems to uh, you know turn their eyes to him when he's talking, and he's shown you know over the last 
four years that he's been here that he's he's prepared to put in the work and he's willing to do it for for everybody else in the locker room which is which is just awesome to have around he's one of the most selfless guys I've ever met and he's just super easy to be around you know great guy great teammate yeah another guy I want to ask you about is your line mates and you touched on it a little bit before but uh, you know Matt Ward just putting up unreal numbers in his first you know a couple dozen games in the Western Hockey League what's it like playing with a guy that sees the ice the way he does it's awesome honestly like I, I remember my first camp experience I played with him you know and it was like nothing I've ever played with before um, he's definitely a, a real special talent and I just say that you know sometimes people don't give him enough credit because when you, when you really do take a step back and look what he's done like that is remarkable um, to come in and have such such pressure on him at such a young age um, he's really had such a great start to his career and you know I see nothing but but big things for him. We know it was a big win against Brandon uh, last night with respects to the standings. You guys jumped up, I think, five spots in the standings with that win. Another big one coming up here against Regina, and then it's Prince Albert next week. Mooshaw for two games next week, and I know how focused the team is that the players are in trying to make the playoffs this year. So, you know, no question, these upcoming games here are pretty important. Yeah, these swings are, are really big for the team in terms of the fact that, you know, these are the teams that we're going to be clawing with in, in a playoff push. So I think it'd be really awesome for this group to experience the playoffs for the first time and you know i'm really hoping that we can push to that i imagine you guys got to know every nook and cranny of regina's <laughs> rink during the 24 game hub season uh you excited to get back there this weekend yeah honestly it does feel weird uh you walk past our little corner that we had and you're like oh like we should be going there <laughs> so it did you know it did feel like home for a little bit there but uh yeah I, I love playing there it's awesome well playing in front of fans obviously the rinks were it was dead quiet during the hub season do you notice it much your intervention some guys seem to notice it a lot some guys not so much uh you definitely notice it at home um not so much on the road i mean we played one game in brandon earlier this season where it was it was pretty much a packed house and there's lots of kids there so that was that was really loud um you know they got a tough fan base to play in front of sometime they're banging on the glass they're trying to irritate you and uh you know that for me that just feels the fire i love it um it definitely uh you know, for me last year, like in the bubble, I had never played in front of fans. I was a rookie. Most I ever played in front of like 400 people. So, um, you know, I didn't really notice that at first. But, you know, when you go back and forth from it now, you definitely notice it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm excited for you guys to get the full Swift Current experience restriction free where you guys are going into schools and playing floor hockey with kids and everything. But, uh, you know, you, you haven't had that. But but how's the Swift Current experience been for you? And what kind of things do you do to keep busy here? It's been great so far. Um, yeah, like I said, we've got a lot of guys my age here, so it's really easy to find connections and and build friendships. So um, I spend a lot of a lot of time with the teammates, you know, going out for going out for dinners, and then just you know we're at the rink a lot. Uh, <laughs> so you know, building building connections with the guys you you want to be close with there, and and then I just say like. Yeah, it's 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 tough missing missing the school experience here, but you know it's it's always an option to head over to somebody else's billets and work on stuff together. So I just think that uh, you know it's important to be including everybody and. Um, you know, just getting to know everybody better. Right on. Our feature guest on the Broncos This Week podcast, forward Josh Philman. Thanks for making your way to this end of the rink and doing this, man. Greatly appreciated. For sure. Thanks. You're listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16, the official beer of the Swift Current Broncos. 
Wrapping up another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast. A big thank you to interim head coach Devin Pratt for joining us, as well as our feature guest, Josh Philman. Big week next week for the Swift Current Broncos. We touched on it as we opened the show, the uh, Western Hockey League prospect draft. Swift Current with two first-round picks and, uh, what is it, five picks in the top 50? Yep, six, seven, 25, 45, and 48 uh, in the top three rounds. So exciting day. You know, it's uh, you know a big, big pressure moment for the, the management staff and the scouting staff to put their list together and decide who are going to be the next uh, impactful wave of, uh, of Swift Current Broncos players. But they've done an amazing job. I mean, look at the 2019 draft class, mm-hmm. like completely turned the franchise around. And the 2020 guys have made impacts with Bernie and Gould. You know, Brzezinski is going to get back in the lineup here soon. So I'm um, excited to see who joins the organization next week. I really just can't wait to see some of the names that pop up. Yeah, you know, you talk about that 2019 draft class and how it's uh, it's paying off now. It's, it, it's awesome that the future is now in Swift Current. And I know that there's still big things ahead for this franchise, but uh, the team two and one since the last time we recorded a podcast and looking forward to uh, to big things from, from this crew. Teddy Bear Toss Game, that's always a fun night uh, here at the Innovation Credit Union Iplex and any Western Hockey League rink for that matter. Our Teddy Bear Toss Game is going to be Friday, December 10th. Yeah, nice for these guys to get a chance to play in that for the first time. It's probably only a handful of guys on the team who have actually played in a Teddy Bear Toss Game before, considering how young this almost entire roster is. So mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing who gets the goal. Sergey Alkamov is the most recent one for the Broncos against Prince Albert back in uh, 2019. So we'll see who gets the bragging rights this year. Right on. Uh, that'll do it for another edition of the Broncos This Week podcast brought to you by Original 16. Swift Current, next game is going to be this Saturday night there in Regina. Catch the game on WHL Live as well as on the mighty Eagle 94-1. And then next home game, that Teddy Bear Toss game, Friday, December 10th with Moose Jaw in town. That'll do it for another edition of Broncos This Week. You've been listening to Broncos This Week, presented by Original 16.